Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. We are in a series called The Little Things. The Little Things. And we started it last week. Um, Next week, I'm going to be talking about if you've got a friend that, man, just isn't where they should be in their relationship with Jesus, um, they're struggling. Maybe you've got a kid. Maybe you've got a loved one, a coworker. Can I tell you, not a better Sunday for you to invite somebody to come that needs to hear that message. It's going to be that message for that person. And I want to let you know so you can text them right now and let them know on the slide, hey, why don't you come with me to church next week? I'll buy you lunch, right? So um, let them know. That means you're inviting your heathen to come to church. Um, we believe the church should be a place where the lost can become found, right? They can become, come in messy and have a message made out of their mess. Um, today, I want to talk to you concerning money. Yeah, that's the excitement I'm looking for. So um, that's why it's going to be the shortest sermon you hear. So um, And here's what I know, little things make a big difference, right? Little things make a big impact, and this couldn't be more true when it comes to the area of your money. And I would love to not talk about money, um, because I've already hit a lot of controversial things and run some people off, but um, we cannot go through the series, the little things, um, and you'll see why, without talking about this. But today I wanna talk to you about the game of life and if I win the lottery, the game of life and if I win the lottery. How many of you guys remember playing the game of life? Crowd participation is encouraged here, right? Right? You guys remember this, right? And, and the goal was you spin this wheel, you know what I'm talking about, right? And you spin the wheel and you hope the very beginning you either go to college or you go to trade school, right? And, and I'm not, nothing wrong with trade school. Do not read into anything I'm saying right now. Um, but the board's the board. I didn't make the rules. I'm just telling you the, 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 the rules of the game. When you are playing the game of life, you hope that you would become a doctor or lawyer because they paid the most, right? And so if you didn't, you're like, this is the dumbest game ever. I've already lost, right? You're just already throwing a fit because you're not the doctor or lawyer. And you go around spinning and you spin and you get married. There's no choice, right? You got a woman in your car or a man in your car and, and you get married. You spin the wheel and you, you get kids and you start acquiring properties and you get these things. And sometimes if you you land on the wrong spot, you got millions of dollars, but you got to pay $50,000, right? And you throw a fit. Oh, I hate this game. And I used to be so competitive. If I ever felt like I was losing, I would toss the board across the house. No lie. Before we ever got a chance to end it. I'm like, no, right? And here's the deal. Some of us, we think real life is like the game of life. Because the way that you win the game of life is you acquire the most stuff and the most money, and the biggest house, and the one with the biggest house, the one with the most money, the one with the most stuff, wins at the game of life. And yet, this game is the exact opposite of what Jesus says about your finances and all the stuff. And Jesus talked about finances, and money, and stuff, and possessions, 
all the time. And I love this quote, and anytime I talk about money, you're gonna hear this, so just get used to it, by C.S. Lewis. He said, if you live for the next world, you get this one in the deal. But if you only live for this world, you will lose them both. Such a great quote. And Jesus said this, and this is why we have to talk about this, right? In Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through 13, it says, if you're faithful in, everybody say it. We'll try that again. If you're faithful in, right, you can't talk and, and call a sermon series little things and the time Jesus actually says the phrase little things, not talk about it, right? If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities, right? If your kid ain't taking care of the hoopty, you ain't gonna buy them a new car. Like, no, you ain't taking care of the car you got. Why am I gonna buy you a new one, right? If, you aren't, if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful, with other people's things. Why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and be enslaved to money. Some of us, we have heard, you know, the, if you're dishonest in small things, you'll be dishonest in great things. And we never knew the context of what Jesus was talking about. This is the context in what Jesus is talking about. Yes, he's talking about our behavior. Yes, he's talking about a vast of ethical things. But can I tell you, he goes directly into talking about finances. He goes directly into talking about money. And he says this, if you're faithful when it's small, you're gonna be faithful when it's bigger. But if you're not faithful, when you feel like it's a little amount, when it's a small thing, hear me, you're not gonna be faithful when it's a much bigger sum. Faithfulness in the little things makes a big, big difference when it comes to the big things. And here's what Jesus would say, and this is our first point. Faithfulness in little things lead to faithfulness in big things. Faithfulness in little things, faithfulness in small things leads to faithfulness in big things. This word faithfulness comes from a Greek word called pistos, and it means this. It means a person who shows himself faithful or reliable in the execution of commands. Are you faithful, are you reliable in the execution of commands when it comes to the area of finances and the way that God instructs you and I to live, because as we play the game of life, it's all based on the chance of the spin. But can I tell you, as you live your life, it's all based on what you choose. Your sum, you'll hear me say this a ton, if you come to Foundation Church, your life is the sum total of the choices you make, and your finances are exactly that. Are you choosing to be faithful in the way God called you and I to be faithful? That means this, are you being faithful in tithing? Are you being faithful in giving? And, and I'm just gonna get away from my notes. We're just gonna talk today because I can preach this message, right? Here's what I wanna let you know before we go any further. Church, we are doing fantastic financially. Amen. Amen. Like we had our best financial month of the year last month. That is something to praise God for, be thankful for. You guys are being generous. You're being awesome. 
So hear me, today it's not, oh, the church must be struggling. That's not the case at all. Hear me, today I don't want your money. We're not passing the offering buckets back by. Nothing crazy is gonna happen. I don't want your money. I wanna make sure your money doesn't have you. And there's a big difference. And God gives us a way to make sure that greed and money and things don't have us. And it's called the tithe. And that means we give the first 10% of what God has entrusted you with. You see, it's not yours. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. You aren't the owner of it. You're the manager of it. You're the steward of it. And are you stewarding? Are you managing your finances the way he has instructed you to manage? And this is either a yes or no question. Either you're being faithful or you're not. Well, I'm kind of being, then you're not being. Let's call it the way it is. Well, I'm kind of tithing, then you're not tithing. It's a yes or no thing. Either you are or you're not. And here's where we go. Some of us go this, well, I, I just don't, I can't afford to tithe. And I'll push back on that a little bit because you can't afford not to tithe. You can't afford not to have God's blessing. And, and hear me, I, I get this. I've been on both sides of this. I have been broke in my lifetime, and now there is a change, and God's blessing me in my lifetime. I remember when Casey and I were broke. Like, when I say broke, I mean broke. We had to budget to go to Taco Bell, and I'm not teasing. Like, we had to budget to go buy stuff off the dollar menu. When we had Chloe, our youngest child, we lived in Oklahoma City, and we had Chloe at Mercy Hospital there up in Edmond. And we bring Chloe back. And uh, we get back from the hospital, and you know what's coming, what you owe the hospital for having a baby, right? And we get the bill, and we're like, there's no way we can pay this amount. So Casey got on the phone and called Mercy Hospital, and she said, hey, um, can we get on a payment plan? Because we can't afford this. We can, this is the amount we can afford a month. And they said, yes, can you send us all your financial statements, your tax returns for the past year? We're like, absolutely, here you go. We're not pulling something over on you. Um, the next day, Mercy calls Casey back, and they said, hey, this is Mercy Hospital. Is this Casey Graves? Yes, this is Casey Graves. They said, we want to just make sure that you know we are covering your whole bill that you owe um, from Mercy Hospital because we realize you're too poor to pay it back. That's how broke we were. Like people were volunteering to give us money. It gets better. They gave Casey and Chloe a year's worth of medical care for free. The state ended up giving us $3,000 for a college savings plan for Chloe. I mean, we were broke. The government was giving us money instead of taking it. That's how broke we were. And hear me. Even when we were broke, even when we had little, we still chose to tithe. We still chose to do things God's way instead of our ways, and we were faithful in the little things. And hear me, some of us say, well, I can't tithe, I can't. Tithing isn't being generous. Tithing's just obedience, right? We're like, well, it's, an, it's the law of Moses. No, it's not. It was a principle way before it's a law. If you want to argue this point, I will argue it all day with you after this. Because I promise I know the Bible on this, right? And it's amazing that we trust our pastors when it comes to doctrine and when it comes to preaching things until it's something that pushes us on things. And here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12. He said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life's not measured by how much you own. And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your father already knows 
your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need. Some of you that grew up in church, you quoted this scripture, right? We did it King James Version. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, right? Like that's what you're saying. Growing up, like some of you remember, right? And the question is, are you seeking God's kingdom first with what he's entrusted to you when it comes to your finances or it's, well, we'll see if we can give this month. Because here's the question. Can God trust you with the big things? Can God trust you with the big things? And the answer to that question is found in the answer, are you being faithful with what seems little right now? Because here's what I would tell you. For all of us are saying, well, if I had more, I'd give more. Our second point is this, use what, you ha- use what you do have for God's kingdom instead of wishing for what you don't have. Use what you do have for God's kingdom instead of wishing for what you don't have. Honest, if, you don't, if you're not honest right now, I'm preaching online next week, I swear. How many of you played Mega Millions this week? Hands up, oh, not one person. When Mega, I played Mega Millions. I did it myself right here. I'm getting ready to tell you. Some of you are like, I can't believe my pastor played Mega Millions. I don't know if I can follow this guy. So let's calm down. I've spent $10. Some of you, you went to a movie that cost way more than $10 that did a whole lot more damage to your soul than me playing the lottery this past week. I'm looking at you. We spent $10, and when I came in, we never played the lottery, but it was $1.5 billion. You gotta play to win, folks, right? Like, you can't win if you ain't in the game, so I was in the game. And when I walked in, my daughters are just like me. I walk in, I guess, guess who played the lottery? And my girls were like, we're gonna win. We're gonna win. You're faster, we're gonna win. I'm like, I know we are. And Casey's just like, you are all idiots, right? Like, just... And we sat around, it was the best $10 I spent. I didn't win a dime back. Um, It's the best $10 I spent because we spent the whole night talking about what we would buy, where we would go, what we would do. Like we were laughing about stuff. It was hard, it was like Christmas Eve night. We could hardly sleep. Like everybody's like, I can't wait till Tuesday night. Are Are we billionaires yet? Are we billionaires yet, right? And we were like, we came to the point like, hey, you know what would be really fun? See how much we could give away. I didn't say give it all away, right? Because that'd be lying. I'm, I'm going to keep me some, right? Are you gonna, I'm not going to tell you, but there will be signs. Um, but, but try to give it away. Like, and, and we were talking, and, and here it is. Some of us, that's us. And I was like, God, if you let me win the lottery, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it almost all away. All, almost, almost all of it. Not all of it, but almost all of it, God. And we do this all the time. God, if you give me that raise, then I'll start giving. Right? If, if you just make this happen, then I'll start doing this. And we make our giving contingent on God doing something else and jumping through some, some other loop than us just being obedient with what we do have. And there's a difference. And here's what I would tell you. If you don't start being obedient with what you do have, you won't be obedient with what you get. It's never about an amount. It's always about obedience and surrender. Proverbs chapter three says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. John chapter six, you know this story. 
It's about the boy with the five loaves of bread and the two fish. And it says this, a huge crowd kept following Jesus wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. And then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. And Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. And turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was gonna do. This is one reason I love Jesus so much because he was messing with Philip, right? Like, where are you gonna get some bread, Phil? Like, like where? Hey, Phil the Thrill, I need you to bring some bread. Like, ah, oh, what am I gonna do, right? Jesus already knew what he was going. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them, right? Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five bar- barley loaves and two fish, and I love this sentence, but what good is that with this huge crowd? What difference is this gonna make? And Jesus said, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down on the grassy slope. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God. I wish I could have seen this miracle, right? This would have been so cool. And distributed, distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Jesus just created the greatest fish and chips meal of all time, right? As all you can eat fish and chips. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Here's what Jesus does. He asks the boy for what he has. Right, all through scripture, Jesus never asks, God never asks you for what you don't have. He just asked you to be obedient with what you do have. And the boy could have said this, well, what's this gonna do? Andrew even said, what's this gonna do amongst so many? But when you get it into his hands, miracles happen. And if the boy wasn't obedient and if the boy wasn't surrendering, can I tell you, he would have missed out on the miracle. He'd have missed out on being part of the miracle, part of the solution from his lunch. And he could have said, well, I don't have enough to give. This isn't gonna go so far. And some of us, we do the same thing with our gifts and our giving and our tithe. And we say, well, what's this gonna do? This isn't gonna keep the church afloat. I talk to my girls about tithing all the time. And my girls tithe. They tithe on their babysitting money. They, they give above their tithe. And here's why. Not because their money or their tithe is gonna keep the church afloat. Thank God right? Like that we need a lot more than that. Um, But it's because if they will be faithful when it's small, if they will give God what they do have, they'll be faithful to continue to do it when it's big. And hear me today, some of us were missing out because we think, well, when I get here, I'll give. But God's not asking you to give when you're here. He's asking you to give while you're right here. He's asking you to be obedient even with the little you do have Are you being obedient with what you do have? We gotta stop wishing for what we don't have and just say, God, here's what I do have because here's what I want you to know. It matters whose hands it's in, right? It matters whose hands it's in. Five loaves and two fishes don't go very far in my hands or in your hands. Five loaves and two fishes don't go very far in the disciples' hands. Five loaves and two fishes doesn't make much happen in just the young boy's hands. But when it gets into Jesus' hands, when it gets into the Lord's hands, he does the miraculous and he makes it go 
further. I close, I close with this. Um, the other day I was playing golf with one of my friends, Carl, and we're, we're playing golf. Carl's not near as athletic as I am. He's a better golfer. I hope you're watching online, but you're not near as athletic. And so, um, and so he, he's, we're, we're there, and I'm just having a horrible day hitting my driver, right? And I did what every good golfer does when you're having a bad outing with your driver. I said, hey, I think it's time for me to get a new driver. Um, you know, I just, I think I've hit all the good shots out of this driver. It just feels dead. It feels hollow, right? Like it just, it's not coming off the club. I think my shaft might be, you know, a little bit dead and just start making all these excuses. And, and Carl goes up to the hole. He goes, hey, can I, can I hit your driver? I'm like, sure, Carl. Carl gets up there and he swings and he crushes the ball. And why he crushes the ball, I'm like, I hate you, Carl. I'm just thinking, I didn't say it, but I'm just like, I hate your guts. And he, I mean, it's straight down the middle. It's almost 300 yards. I'm like, ah, it's not the driver, right? And he turns around and he gets this dumb smirk on his face, his smile, and he throws me the club, all cocky and goes, it's not the driver. (laughs) And then I said, I hate you, Carl, right? Like I was like, I do, I, I hate you. What was the difference? Whose hands it was in? See, same thing is true of our finances. He can, Jesus, the master, your Lord and Savior can make your finances go further than you can ever go because he's better at dealing with money than you are. He knows how to function and use your money and make it multiply and make it advance and actually be effective for something bigger than just your castle, bigger than just you, bigger than just the temporary. He's saying, man, if you wanna be wise and you really want to win at the game of life, it's not about how much you can get, it's about how much you can give. It's about investing it in what is eternal and changes people's lives. And some of us say, oh, we wanna excuse it. When I get to this phase and when I get to this phase and when I make this much, no, you won't. It all matters about whose hand is it in. Who's in control of your finances? Because if you can get this right when it's a little, you'll keep at it and then it gets really fun when you got much. Because then you learn the art of generosity. And I love, love, love what C.T. Studd said. He says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Listen, that house that you live in, that new car you're driving, there's no problem in having a nice house and a nice car, but that's not gonna last. That vacation's gonna come to an end. It's not gonna last. That boat's not gonna last. But what you pour into his kingdom is eternal. It matters. And are you getting it right even when it's a small amount? Because if you can be faithful when it's small, here's the great thing. You'll be really faithful when it's big. That's a way better, and I'm gonna kill all the grammar teachers, and funner way to live your life. Man, it's fun to see how much you can give to something that's way bigger than you. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I pray some of us, we're measuring what life's all about on the wrong spectrum. Lord, we're treating our life like it's the game of life and we're seeing how much we can acquire and how much stuff we can get. And if we get to this stage and this point, we've got the bigger house and the most kids and the most stuff and the better car, then we win. And Lord, let us realize that's not what you called us to win. We're winning. It's the wrong game. 
Lord, are we being faithful and living our life out in the area of finances like we should? Because the answer is yes, we are, or no, we aren't. So help us. Help us, Lord, to not just keep trying to control it and keep it in our hands, but let us surrender control. Let us place it in your hands and let us realize when we place it in your hands, it goes further. Lord, it works better because whose hands it's in matters. So I pray today that there would be a shift in some of our lives. That we wouldn't try to control, we wouldn't try to dominate because Lord, it's just becoming more and more dysfunctional, but instead we would surrender it to you and your way because you know what's best for us. So Lord, move. Move in such a way that we change the way we function. Move in such a way that God, I don't want anybody to feel bad. I don't want there to be condemnation today, but that you would convict and that you would change our behavior and our attitude and our outlook on this really big area of life. That if we'll get it right now, we'll stay right as we continue on. I thank you and I praise you for it. It's in Jesus' name I pray with you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. Oh, 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 oh